if we were in relationship counselling, we would always say, you know, never have just one person be everything to you. That's a recipe for disaster. And quite often people get into that relationship with their supervisor and then that becomes really difficult because your supervisor cannot be everything for you because things might get a bit bumpy in that relationship. Then what happens? Um, your supervisor might go off on leave or, you know, be really busy with other things. Then what happens? So having having lots of people who can support you and in different ways and in different times, I think is really important. Welcome to this new episode of Beyond the Thesis with Papa PhD. Today, I have the great, great pleasure of having with me Emma Brzezinski from the PhD Life Raft. Uh, I was going to say the PhD Life Raft podcast, but the PhD Life Raft is more than a podcast, and we'll we'll talk about that. Um, Emma is research associate in the Department of Drama, Theatre and Dance at Royal Holloway University of London. And Emma practices as a therapist registered with HCPC. She's an experienced PhD supervisor and examiner and has also acted as a VIVA committee independent chair. Emma runs a range of courses and events as well as providing well-being support programs for doctoral training programs. Most importantly, she's a mom to 13-year-old triplets, cats Fred and Ginger, and Amber the guinea pig. Welcome to Beyond the Thesis with Papa PhD, Emma. Thank you for having me. And I can hear Fred in the background, actually. So I'm, I'm, he might appear behind me at some point. <laughs> so, Emma, um, you know, we crossed paths before. I've been on the PhD Life, Life Raft podcast. Actually, I I learned of the PhD Life Raft through a, a summit that that you promoted, uh, I think, last year or, or anyway, in in the last year or so for uh, graduate students and uh, immediately I wanted to, to check who you were and eventually we chatted and uh, this interview was supposed to happen some time ago and you know life life happens and it didn't but hey here we are today super here happy to are. have you here <laughs> it's so lovely and it was such a great episode of you and all the wisdom that you shared I'm really really grateful and it's lovely to be in your world now this is this is great well, it's a pleasure, and and I'm I'm really glad that you could uh, that you could participate and you could you could come uh, on the the Beyond the Thesis mic because you have so much experience and uh, and and you have this mission of supporting and of inspiring PhD students. And uh, as the listeners, if you if you listen to the show for a while, you know inspiration and support are key for a healthy uh, graduate graduate school experience. And um, and yeah, do you wanna do you wanna share? You know, we talked about your animals. Uh, we talked about what you do for work. Um, is, is there is there anything else you want to share pertaining to how you came about this mission of helping and supporting graduate students? I do want to say I feel like a bit of a charlatan just first of all in terms of beyond the thesis because of course I'm still in that I'm still, <laughs> it's like it's like when I was um, working as a lecturer and I was the careers advisor and I was like this is ridiculous because I'm still at school I can't be advising on the career so I, I feel like I have to put that out there straight away um, but uh, yeah in terms of coming to this work um, it's a it's a journey isn't it I th and I think that it, it's comes from the two big interests so first of all as an academic and having that experience as an academic obviously doing my own PhD supervising other people 
being in that realm and also then working as a therapist and having this kind of interest in mental health and supporting people and had that particular interest on faculty and then realized that actually support for undergraduates is getting better particularly in the UK I think it is getting better not brilliant and still a massive way to go but it is getting better whereas for doctoral candidates first of all I think there's very particular challenges which the PhD throws up for people um, and then in addition to that also not particularly developed support strategies for doctoral candidates um, so I think that that concern then um, led me to start and in discussion with others, there's some, some um, uh, wonderful people that I've worked with along the way. Um, so starting to do work around that, which then led to kind of workshops and things like that. And then realizing that there were people, there were people who came to the workshops and that was amazing. Uh, but there were also lots of people who didn't come to the workshop. And those people who didn't want to show up to be in a kind of mental health workshop or whatever, and I was like, okay how could we meet those people and that then led into the podcast but now has led into bigger bigger things around that so yeah so that's that's how i've got to do what i'm doing now excellent and and so i'm i'm really really interested especially having having your background also in in psychology i'm really really interested in your the fact that you have like your your fingers on the pulse of the graduate student community where you are, but which I'm sure is a microcosm of the graduate student community at large. And um, I'd really love to explore with you uh, your experience, and of course, without disclosing any, <laughs> any uh, specific uh, information, but um, in general, in general, you know, strokes, uh, rush strokes, what are the challenges today in 2023 that are top of mind uh, when you think of, you know, the, the community of graduate students, what problems are they, they dealing with that are, let's say, hindering them the most in having a healthy, happy, productive journey through graduate school? Well, I think the PhD process is, is a huge challenge and that people come into that um, for all sorts of reasons. Um, and it is a transformational process, which I think people aren't always totally switched onto. That they're kind of they're coming in to do a a research project, and they kind of get that bit. But actually, that journey towards being a doctor, as you know, means that you'll end up a different person than you started out, and that is huge because I think people don't necessarily realise they're signing up for a transformational exactly <laughs> and I always say because I mean it that I think that the PhD is a personal development program and you get your thesis as a kind of bonus um and so that is a challenge in itself in terms of like oh my goodness now the way in which I'm approaching the world is changing the way in which I'm organizing my time is changing in the relationships around me are changing so I think that that is that is a huge challenge um and within that there's this sense of coming into yourself. I think this sense of, um, and all that that can mean, because as we know, you go into an undergraduate program and people coming into a postgrad 
obviously have done very well on undergraduate and masters and you go into those programs and you are the high flyer and you you know you you people set you questions and you answer them and you are super smart and then you get into research work and it is very different it's a very different thing you have to nobody's going to set you a question you have to set yourself a question and you have to teach yourself the, the material and then you have to answer the question as well so I think that sense of it's the same thing again in terms of being in the process that actually that process in itself is challenging for people because it's disorientating it's like being kind of snow blind it's like well, what what am I doing here and I have always been the smart one and now I know, don't know exactly what I'm doing. And that is, is, can be really difficult and disorientating. So I think that's the kind of big headline stuff. Quite apart from the fact that life will carry on lifing at you, even if you're doing a PhD. So, you know, a lot of people have childcare issues, relationship issues, money worries, um, trying to work and do the PhD. So I think that there's all of that around it. So that's it's that's a that's a big answer, but I think that they are big things that people are trying to they deal are. with. Yeah, <laughs> no, and the PhD is a big chunk of your life, uh, and so it's not it's natural that the the questions are big and the the yeah the the, the challenges are of of a certain scale. Now, I really I really like that the name that you chose for your for the the platform to to uh, lead this mission of, of support and of inspiration. The PhD life raft, and and I'm gonna kind of take it into a, a little bit of a humorous, but anyway, you'll you'll understand what you know. I'm building a PhD life raft. What are the main pieces I need to build this life raft? Um, space. I think space. It's it kind of it's it's massive. There's room. There's room to um, yeah to to take up the space that you need to take. I think that's really important. Um, I think, I think people come, come, I chose the life raft because, because of, of what it signals in terms of like, you can grab onto this. It's all right. It's a safe space. <laughs> Get safe. You're okay. Someone sees you swimming around and you can get on. But I think if, once you're on it, First of all, there's there's enough space. You can take up the space you need and you can kind of make, you know, make yourself cosy, find a cosy corner. But also there will be lots of other people on it too. You're not on your own. And I think that's really important. And lots of other people will totally get it. Because again, as we both know, that experience of, of doing a PhD can be incredibly lonely. And that is truly paralyzing as well in terms of like, I'm, I'm on my own. So this sense of lots of other people, I think, this I think lots of refreshments obviously you need <laughs> for this sense of um pleasure sustenance nurturing that's and nurturing not in a kind of like oh it's all going to be all right because actually sadly it isn't going to be all all right it's going to be tough and it's going to be difficult so I think it's not that's not what we do in terms of going it's okay but it's like but you you can you it's okay. There are strategies here. So I suppose I'd also say like a first aid kit in terms of there's things there that will help that will, you'll go, Oh yeah, no, that's useful for me. I could put that on all that. So I, I wonder if I've reached the end of my metaphor, but I hope that answers the question. <laughs> it does. It does answer the question. And, and, um, community. So you mentioned community, you mentioned self-care in, in other words, and I think they, they are important. 
and I, I'm gonna now, I'm going to now uh, maybe ask the same question in a different way, just changing the 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 the, the point of view. What are people when people are preparing for this adventure that is the PhD, and preparing their you know their backpack? What are mistakes that they're doing? What are you know key things uh, that they are uh, that they are forgetting that are different from what you just mentioned? So, what what is uh, what are points that you should focus on when embarking on the PhD? Let's say you're in your masters, and what are very strategic and uh, and helpful uh, uh, processes or or uh you know um or reflections that you can have and 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 things that you can do to help you be more prepared i think probably it's an adventure so you kind of have to be open to that i think that is you are setting off on an adventure and that will be thrilling and also petrifying in equal measure probably so I think knowing that that is what you're doing and I think a lot of people think oh I'm going to do another course so I think mm. <laughs> don't think you're doing another course that isn't what you're doing don't think that you're going to have a teacher don't think that's what your supervisor is going to do because that isn't what they're there to do they're they're there as a colleague they're there as a kind of mentor but they are not going to teach you so I think to to know that you are going to be your own teacher, you are going to be your own. I talk about it being like the CEO of the of the PhD. That's what you're doing. You're setting up a project. That's what you're going to be doing, and you're going to be CEO, um, and and all that that means in terms of heading up a project, calling people in, drawing on other expertise in order to move your project forward. So I think that's really important. Um, I, I kind of said your backpack really is going to look like a CEO's briefcase, I think probably more than a backpack. So you're not, you're not really a student in that way, I guess is, is, but like any sort of entrepreneur, you are, you're setting off an adventure and you're going to be following leads and you're going to be making some mistakes and you're going to be um, meeting exciting people and you're going to be having amazing ideas. So all, all that that means too. So it's a it's an entrepreneur's. I don't know what sort of bag they'd have. Whatever sort of bag they'd have, yeah, that's what you've got. Attaché case or something like there that. There you go. <laughs> Stylish yet um, practical. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. I, I really like it, and and I'm taking note that you're mentioning something again and again and again, and again that I will I will come back to. Um, but I love this metaphor of the CEO, the the business person versus the student. And actually, I've had conversations with people at the beginning of uh, the podcast when it was called just Papa PhD. A student who now she has her PhD. She said, "I never, I no longer refer to myself in conversation as a PhD student. I refer to myself as a PhD researcher." And I was like, "Wow, it really does change." the way you feel about yourself when you're in a conversation, but also the way people will react to you. And I've, I've, I've had this issue in other contexts. In the context, when I arrived here in Montreal, in the context of getting an apartment, uh, with, with me and, and this other guy from France were visiting apartments. And as soon as we said, P, we hadn't had this reflection, and as soon as we had PhD students, then the, the conversation changed. And often it was like, oh, sorry, no, we don't take students. And, and anyway, so, the, the fact that you're you're kind of 
um, equating it to more of a of an, in, an entrepreneurial endeavor is really interesting to me. And now it brings me to the second to this other thing that you've mentioned again and again: meeting cool people, meeting uh, different people. And you you also said a few minutes ago that the PhD can be quite lonely. So how do we? How important first is this aspect of meeting people during your PhD outside of your kind of small circle? And how do you go about implementing a way of uh, including it in your routine, in your opinion? Yes, so I think it is important. And I, but I think it's finding your people. And that's, that's the challenge, isn't it? Because your people might not be in your department. Your people might not be um, uh, people who you are living with. They might, you know, so it's kind of... It, it, they will they'll all have roles i think and I, i i think you want to know that you've got if to go back to my metaphor of the kind of board of directors you've got a big board of directors you've got lots of lots of seats at the table but, and and so in being on the lookout for the people that you want to draw in and those will be different in the different phases of the phd i think you 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 absolutely need to have people who are cheerleaders all the way through and just think you're brilliant and are going to remind you of that so get those Get those on board straight away, I'd say. <laughs> and those people might be the people that you live with and they might be your family and they might be long-term friends. They might be people that you, you know, have hobbies with, that you're doing things outside of your research. I think that's really important to remember and things that you kind of can go, yeah, my netball team think I'm amazing. And so you can kind of remember that. So you want that. And then you, you when I was saying that your people might not be those people in terms of the people in, in terms of things, that will move your research forward so it's kind of thinking about um on the, on that board so you're going to have cheerleaders you're going to have people who are really great in terms of project management for example you might have people who help you with those kind of technical things your supervisors obviously are going to be on there for you with their sort of subject specific um uh advice and knowledge um you will want to have some people who are on that journey with you i think it's really useful to have people who are at the same sort of phase of the phd as you are um just to because they they'll get it they'll get the thing where you go oh, i found that sound citation and other people will be like i don't even know why that's exciting to you or you know i got an abstract accepted and you need people who absolutely get why that's such a big deal um but it might be as i just said that in your department you are the only person who's focusing on this particular subject area so you might then want to have people so in your department you might have people working in the same sort of um uh, phase as you and that's brilliant get them on board but then you might want to be a little bit more um what's the word uh it's not really strategic even is it it's just kind of thinking a bit further than than where you're sitting so Subject um, uh, organisations are brilliant for that in terms of they're quite likely to have a sort of postgrad wing. And so, you know, if you are a medieval historian, for example, there's probably going to be a subject um, area group that you could join and that will have people who are, have a particular interest there. Conferences are brilliant for that because you you can go and find your conference that has the sort of people that you 
feel like yeah they're on the on a similar sort of journey even if it's multidisciplinary and they're not actually particularly in your discipline but they're just thinking about things in the same sort of way they've got the same sort of reference points as you or they just approach the material um in a in a, a similar way and um, you also might want to just have a just kind of go completely left field and a, for example somebody was working on um uh victorian literature i think it was um and were struggling to find people who were really excited about the particular thing that they were looking at, but then found a sort of local history group who had a particular interest there. So it wasn't that it was actually an academic group, but they had a really focused interest. And of course, other people will be working in, com in community groups and they will, they will have sort of stakeholders in their project. And so kind of being, in, being around those people who are excited about the material that you're looking at who are talking about it every day so I think it's casting your net wide really and knowing that you you've got lots of seats to fill this is also really important for um not just having because I think quite often people get into that it's my supervisor that's it that's who I'm focusing on if we were in relationship counseling we would always say you know never have just one person be everything to you that's a recipe for disaster and quite often people get into that relationship with their supervisor and then that becomes really difficult because your supervisor cannot be everything for, for you um and then um if because things might get a bit bumpy in that relationship then what happens um your supervisor might go off on leave or you know um be really busy with other things then what happens so having having lots of people who can support you and in different ways and in different times i think is really important um and also you get to choose them too, right? You didn't necessarily get to choose your supervisor, although I would say do have a strong hand in that if you possibly can, but you do get to choose the other people who kind of speak to your work and um, are involved in your work. Um, you want to make sure there are people there that can give you positive feedback on your work. You want to have people there who, I think also you might want to have people who are accountability partners, who you're a little bit scared of. And if you say this week, I'm gonna be doing that, they're going to hold you to accounts. Um, so I think think about what's really useful for you, what you'd like around your board table, and then and then call it in. That's uh, that's amazing, and and um, I really like the this uh, idea of a board of directors of sorts, and of having people who are outside, you know, who contribute to what you do to in different ways, but uh, that a bunch of them actually don't have any expectations or don't uh, you know they have no skin in the game basically uh from your work specifically they will be there as a, a you know they'll give you their feedback they they'll bounce ideas with you but it, it's not the same as your supervisor who has invested in you succeeding in your project in a certain way and anyway it's it's really really interesting now this met <clears throat> this metaphor of the ceo made me think uh, as you were talking of all of this this is within the phd of course uh, i wonder whether some of the students you work with come with questions of what happens after because one of the things you hear especially in the startup uh, in the you know when someone is building a startup is they they have an exit strategy and my, one of my reflections um throughout these last few years and and lately is when you're in the PhD, when you're in graduate school, it feels like you are, like time stops in a certain way. 
but it doesn't. Society keeps going on, job the job market evolves, and you will have to exit at a certain point. It's coming. You'll exit. You know, 20% of people can exit to academia and to tenure, but then the other 80% will have to exit to the to the rest of the job market. It can be academic, non-tenure. There's different paths, but a lot of people will have to scramble or at least scramble if they don't prepare beforehand. And that's my mission is actually to tell them to prepare beforehand. But do people come to you with questions on on this part of, okay, I'm, I'm at your... Uh, in, in the UK, it's three years of PhD, right? I'm at year two. Um, maybe I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm not going to say in research. How do I prepare for for what comes after? The, is is it something you cover them? Well, no, that's where you're the expert at this. So, but but what I do what I do talk a lot about is is the the, the ending because, as you say, actually. People go into this process and then they don't really think about the end apart from, oh, it will be brilliant when it's the end. (laughs) Or I've got to get to the end. It's going to be amazing at the end. And then not necessarily acknowledging that the end might be really difficult, really painful, really frightening. um, And that then that causes problems in itself. So I think, as you say, I think, you know, and as, as a good therapist, we think about the ending at the beginning in terms of like what what might the ending be? What kind of ending would I would I like for myself? Um, and so that we're always kind of seeding that in as we as we go along and knowing that that is coming um, because it's like with life, isn't it? Then it throws it into focus in terms of really enjoying that PhD process as much as you can and getting as much out of it as you can. Um, I always say people should have a bucket list for their PhD. Like, what am I going to do while I'm doing the PhD? What would I like to experience? What 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 would what would I like to explore? Thinking about I, either I'm going to do it now because I'm not going to be able to do it later, or I'm going to do it now because that might lead me in an interesting direction. So I think that kind of I, that that is really worth thinking about. And then as you come towards the ends, I, I think it's important because I think the end can often brings up and I say I I have to approach this kind of more from a therapeutic point of view but the end can bring up a lot of grief in terms of coulda woulda shoulda what might have happened oh this you know and and that can be really difficult um but acknowledging that you've that it that it is what it is that you've kind of been through this process that you're reflecting on a process that you've been through you will have learned a lot and you will have experienced a lot and then and then reflecting on that having a process of what I call kind of honorable closure so that then you're able to move forward into the next part of the of the journey and I do think it is really useful to think about in those end stages what comes next because as you as you will know as well people someone described it to me as the kind of void that people kind of just go for to the submission they're just going to the submission and then after that there's just a void and I think it's that sense isn't it of, of what they say I'm not a runner but they say run beyond the line don't they run beyond the line know what's what you're going to do after even if it's then I'm going to go on a big holiday or then I'm going to be you know doing I've, I've got this project or then I'm going to be starting to think about making contacts with people because of whatever so that you your life doesn't end when the PhD ends because a lot of people as you will know 
get really burnt out. They are they get very depressed after they've submitted. Um, and it's it can be a really tricky moment. So yes, but you are the ex you are much more the expert in terms of where that what that means in terms of careers because as I say, I beyond the thesis, I'm an imposter because I'm in the thesis still. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, let's say I I am exploring that aspect with each guest that comes on the show. But I, I really, for example. En passant, you said the term honorable closure. I'd like to maybe, I'd like for you to expand on it a little bit. But I just want to mention one thing, which is, um, it's really related to what you just said about the importance of thinking about the after early on. But I have, I've had a bunch, like a handful of interactions with grad students in the last few weeks, one even today. And the person today said, oh yeah, no, I have, I have your podcast on my, on my wish, on my list to listen but I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to, you're talking about, about after I don't, I'm going to listen to it once I'm done and I've just submitted, I'm going to defend it in November and then I'm going to listen to, to, to beyond the thesis. And, and in my head, I'm thinking, no, you should have, you should start now. You should have started six months ago and it's not the first time. And I have, I had the same type of interaction a week ago with like three or four grad students and they were like oh yeah no that's it's even stressful to think about it i'll you know i i, I i'm not interested in in listening to that until i'm done and that's a big obstacle for me because my 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 uh, and and i think it aligns with what you just said my idea and and i'm really convinced that the key for for um this this uh, healthy closure and i and, and i'll let you talk about that more is to start early even if it's in homeopathic amounts in the beginning let's say once every two months you do a little bit of thinking forward you know three years forward it would be uh very positive already but i'd like to have your your point of view on that but maybe talk about this honorable closure concept a little bit more because i i find it really interesting just the term is interesting to me so honourable closure then comes from a kind of a shamanic perspective. Um, so in terms of of um, this kind of soul work, and I, I think that PhD work is soul work, um, but this, this sense of truly honouring what we've been through, because we can kind of want different things for ourselves, but life is going to happen. <laughs> so this sense of, acknowledging that all that happens to us is important and it, it has an impact and that we've been through that experience. So that's important that we acknowledge that, but also to not hold on to things because if we hold on to things, we're still anchored in the past. And actually we want to be able to move forward to the, to the next phase of things. And we want to be able to not to kind of go, Oh, well, that's it. And I've just, because that's the two options, isn't it? Either we remain anchored in the past or we just go, I'm shutting that door and I'll forget about it and I'll move. So actually, this is about not doing either of those things. <clears throat> so a lot of it comes with about a lot of it is about gratitude. It's about really sitting with. I've just experienced all of this. And what can I be grateful for in that? What have I learned in that? What do I now know about myself or other people or the world? So the sense of kind of really reflecting with a, with an with gratitude on 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 that. And then acknowledging that that was a kind of that was an important experience that you've been through and then often having some kind of ritual practice that really does honor what what all of that 
was. Um, and from a shamanic perspective, we call on the elements for that. So either earth, air, fire or water. So you might plant something in the ground. So you might create a little ritual for yourself. So you plant something in the ground or you fire is such a powerful element. You might, you know, um, light, you know, we have a can candles don't we or write something and, and, you know, write the things that um, you want to let go of and then set fire to them and watch them, watch them go up into the ether. Um, so the sense of, of knowing that you're in this moment now that you're going to honor what has been, but then also allow yourself to let go of what you're, you're not, you're not going to take with you and hold in your heart what you are going to take with you as you go forwards. And then perhaps some sort of ritual practice that really marks that moment, how significant it is and that you're going to move forward. But if you didn't want to do the more of the woo woo end bit in terms of the ritual practice, really just having that kind of a reflecting with gratitude for what has been because the the kind of the, the toxic bit is when we kind of go oh I should have done it like that and it should have been like that is that what it it it, it was that experience that's the experience that you've had and that's what you that's what you can acknowledge and go yeah I'm, I appreciate that or this has set me in this direction so I think to and to take a moment to do that rather than just especially with a with a PhD this is a huge life journey that you've been on and to kind of go right okay on to the next thing that's this sense of just kind of acknowledging and as and as say honoring honoring all that was part of it all that all the difficult bits as well as all the amazing bits too it's interesting and it feels to me like it could be a, almost a daily practice even what you're saying yes, yes, yes. difficulties arise every day especially in a phd now it's very interesting to me and it makes me you know, you, the image you're giving me is of someone, you know, as a graduate student who is uh, very um, rooted, you know, who lives the moment and who's able to, you know, have a small, you know, who, who's able to let go of some things quickly. And and uh, if they're if they are not, not useful or not positive, et cetera, you know, and, and maybe even thank them for having happened and for the lessons you've learned from them. But it's, sometimes it's hard, and and one of the things that I that I remember is well, I you know I changed continents to come to uh, to, to come to my PhD, uh, and a lot of people do change maybe cities, but also countries and continents, etc. And then I feel that the the culture, uh, the, the the culture kind of often pushes you to start shedding some of your core elements of your identity and and adopting this new identity which is i'm now a scholar i'm now an academic i'm now a researcher i no longer do theater or i no longer do whatever martial arts etc uh and and it feels that it, i i'd like to know first if this is something you see and then uh whether this might hinder the the fact that you're kind of gelling into this image you have of maybe seeing your supervisors and people that you admire in the domain and um and whether that cannot hinder you in this in this attitude of i am a being that is changing every day and i am my own being and uh a failure at the lab is not a failure of me it's just a failure at the lab and i'm going to learn with it and i you know because a lot of the what I see is people dealing with shame and failure and feelings of failure, 
just for the fact of not staying in academia, for example, at the end of their PhD. Uh, I don't know if this was too convoluted, but I, I wonder if this elicits some reflection on you, on your side. Yeah, no, this is huge, isn't it? This is huge. And this is the kind of the existential journey of the PhD. It's like we were saying that this is, that's the, that's the big project of the PhD is you, which, which is, as, and as we said at the beginning, which nobody really expects that they're signing up for that. They think they're doing a research project, but actually it is much bigger than that. And I think that this sense of becoming a scholar, I think it's really, a useful question to ask yourself in terms of what sort of scholar do you want to be um and that's not an easy question to answer because there are going to be there's a kind of quite a could be quite a limited where you are could be quite a limited um range of options for you in terms of what you see there as, as role models but you can seek them out <laughs> um, and it comes back to the board of directors in terms of who do you want on your board of directors who might you I, I remember and I held on to it because it made me laugh so much I'm hearing somebody at a conference talking about saying she used to say to herself what would Dolly Parton do no she used to say to herself what would Goldie Horn do in, like in in faculty meetings what would Goldie Horn do and it made me laugh and I used to sort of say that to myself like, well, what could Goldie Horn do in this situation and that it was this sense of making yourself the sort of scholar that you want to be because that's really important that you do have integrity and you do have a sense of yourself a grounded sense of yourself firstly to make sure that you are able to do the research that you want to do um because otherwise you'll be like oh should it be like this should it be like that that person thinks it should be this such a person thinks it should be like that this might be more tricky i recognize for those who are working in a lab in a group in a lab but equally having your own sense of self in that can be really important you know i am the sort of person who whatever it is um i'm i'm going to have the role models and seeking out different types of role models and as i say it might not be it might be that you kind of like actually that that academic does the work in a way that I would like to do it. And I'm going to just hold those them in my mind as a, as a kind of role model. But also remembering that you are, what sort of human being do you want to be? Um, because there is that kind of cultish aspect of academia that wants all of you. It wants you, wants all of you and it will suck you in. And so that you don't have a kind of sense of yourself beyond it. And that, just like in a kind of cultish situation is dangerous because if you are in on your own in this in this different kind of environment and you're doing what you're told you then can lose a sense of who you are you become very vulnerable in that way so having the people of, again i think it comes to having the people around you grounding you you are bigger than the phd project you really are um whatever that means for you um and we were saying at the beginning in terms of pets, it could be that you just you walk your dog every day and that kind of helps you to remember that there are other things going on in my life. There are things that are, that are more important. So I think that's a, a kind of rambling answer. But this sense of, yes, having um, having perspective, it is really important that you're going to have your kind of scholarly identity. But that scholarly identity will be part of a bigger picture of you as a person. And that scholarly identity will be bigger than the particular group that you're in. Because, you know, you might end up going to work in a completely different lab with a completely different culture. And you'll only know if that lab's going to suit you if you really know what sort of person you are, if that, if that makes sense. 
it does make sense and uh, and it's it's a great reflection i'm i'm super super happy that we're having this conversation because we're it's uh, you know it, clearly you've it's something you've reflected upon and also that because of of uh, of, of the, your knowledge of psychology you think you think and you talk about it a different way which i find really interesting one thing that just struck me is you are bigger than the phd it sounds so simple and yet you know it it's never come up in a conversation and i think it's it's very strong and and often you do think when you're in there you think no i'm small and i need to conform and uh, i've talked with people from uh, different minorities african american and you need to conform even in other ways you need to to code switch etc um and it's uh, it's really anyway i i'm this conversation is really fulfilling and and uh, and uh, uh, going beyond my expectations. <laughs> oh, bless you! And and let and let's not. I mean, I kind of I, I what I don't want to do is kind of dismiss all of those really complex structural issues because, as I say, there is cultish aspect to academia. There are also all sorts of structural issues in academia which we need to attend to and address. And this makes it easier for some people to go, okay, you know, I, I can take some control in this situation because there are going to be people, people who are, are have have are more vulnerable than others in that in that sort of situation but for everybody to have their people be grounded and be supported in remembering how important and amazing they are because that's the bit that really brought me into this work is it literally broke my heart seeing these amazing switched on smart people with so much that they want to do and so much that they can offer feeling incapable um small stupid like they shouldn't be there and it's like if you feel like you shouldn't be there you sh absolutely should be there do you know what I mean if you feel <laughs> like you shouldn't be there you're exactly the sort of people who should be there because um that's what's going to sh shift um, dialogue, you know, that this is what the scholarly community should be about, isn't it? It should be challenging orthodoxy and and um, thinking about things from different perspectives. That's absolutely what we need. Um, so, yeah, I think that I'll get off my soapbox now, but I, I, I do feel really passionate about it. No, I, I was going to to try and, and, and get a, a final quote from you, and you just gave it to me uh, like that in a, in a silver platter. Um, now, if people want to uh, say you know, say thank you for something you said, uh, just or just ask you questions. Uh, how is the best way for them to reach out to you? On what plot platforms can they find uh, the PhD Life Raft? Can you just quickly share the, that info? In terms of social media, I'm mostly on Instagram at PhD Life Raft, um, and then on my website, which is phdliferaft.com, and then in terms of the podcast, that's on most most um podcast so is it a server i don't even know what it's called on all the common podcast platforms and it's just phd life raft i will share all of those in the the episodes show notes emma what i feel that i've learned with you today uh, and the thing that's staying with me as a kind of overarching uh theme is you are bigger than the phd and this is and i remember feeling really small during the phd if you're able to to, to not feel small, it's going to help you a lot. But I think the keys to not feeling small are first not isolating yourself. And this is also something you've said and you, and you uh, reinforce, which is the importance of having a village, of having a board of directors, of having a community around you. That means that you're not alone with 
your supervisor in the in that whole adventure but that you have champions you have people with you know peers with whom you you can discuss and exchange uh, ideas and and you can have um kind of board members who can be like more mentor like and that that uh, that you know have no expectation or will you know will no gain nothing uh from the results of your research but the pleasure of seeing you succeed and and i think that's very very important in and uh, of course it's depending i you know i myself am an introvert mostly uh and it's not easy to go and i know some people and and i've i've been i've talked with students with whom i was you know i talked to the group of students i said you know you need to reach out to different people use linkedin it's kind of easy and then a few came and said oh, even on linkedin i feel i don't know i feel uneasy to to um go and and bug someone that i don't know they're probably busy and i try to i always try to massage the idea that if people are on linkedin it's because they're kind of open to that but uh if you're listening and if you are alone and if you're starting add one person add two people have have a little bit of a tribe form around you because going it alone is uh, is really really tough uh and and this this would be for me the key thing is not staying alone but then you shared so much more um the the last thing that i want to mention then that i find really interesting has to do with the the honor, uh, the concept of honorable closure and with the importance of thinking of the last, you know thinking of the last day of your phd throughout your phd and not not leaving it just for that last day to think about it because it will help you in in many different ways um emma this has been great i don't know if you have a a last a last last word based on what i said but um we're reaching the end of the interview sadly uh but sadly but not sadly i'm not i'm, I'm super super happy that that we've had this conversation i hope we continue it on on other you know uh other platforms or or because these are things that are not easy to talk about not easy to find language around and and i really like how how you you know you were able to communicate them in a very simple and warm way. <laughs> Bless you and thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I think really, it, and and it, is, it has been a real pleasure to find you and to find people because I think equally as, as people working to support PhD researchers, we need community too, don't we? We need to, to know um, because often what we're doing is kind of countercultural and actually having, to me, this feels very precious to have that somebody else who kind of gets why this is important so thank you for that thank you for listening to another beyond the thesis conversation with me david mendez and my guest emma brzezinski if you found any value in this conversation please share it with someone like you and help beyond the thesis reach as many ears as possible and if you want to help a little bit more please go to papaphd.com forward slash audience and fill in the survey that is there for you and leave a comment so I can give you a shout out in a future episode. Thank you for being a fan. Happy listening and happy sharing. <laughs>